Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Back at you with another episode. So where are we this week? We're not too far away. We're going a little bit south as I point to our map. Yes. Um, we a murder map. We are in Ellis County. Sounds familiar. Um, population is a whopping 938 in 2019. Wow. Small, 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 small. May Pearl, Texas. I've heard of May Pearl. So it's 34 miles southwest from Dallas and the closest Big city is Waxahachie. So we are going to January 2nd of 2018 at 12.45 a.m. A call goes out to 911 from a woman by the name of Sandra Garner. And she tells 911, my husband's been shot. I think he's alive because he's making noises. Hmm. And so police arrive 15 minutes later. Do they live out in the country? So May Pearl does seem to be like a, a more rural area. Mm-hmm. I mean, she called 911, so I'm not sure how that works when you're in a small town. Like, does it go to a big city and then they call? Usually that city will have its own police force. It may not be very big, but usually they'll have their own. Like, I don't know what the requirements are for how many people live there mm-hmm. versus how many cops. But they usually have their own local fire and police and EMTs. Mm-hmm. So police arrive. About 15 minutes after she calls. And they're wearing body cams. Mm-hmm. So um, I will post on the on our Facebook page links to watch some of the, the body cam footage. So body cam show they, they go in and they go through the house and they go back into the bedroom. Sandra's bedroom. And they find her husband, John Garner, laying on the floor next to the bed. And Sandra's not really standing over him because there is an EMT performing CPR. She's mm-hmm. kind of standing at his feet. And the EMT's doing CPR, and she's asking, oh, my God, is he alive? Is he alive? And you can hear on the body cam, which, let me set my source, I watched 48 hours okay. on this, and uh, newspaper.com, and there were two, like, YouTube videos that was a compilation of the body cams that were pulled from 48 hours, but it seemed like there was a little bit more in 48 hours, but that's yeah, where I got they're it. able to get more information, yeah. yeah. So you hear her ask the, the policeman in the, in the EMT, is he alive? Is he alive? And the policeman's like, wow, he's still warm. And the EMT's like, yeah, but he's he's gone. And so you hear her scream, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he the policeman says, no, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry. So she screams and she's like, you've got to get him. You've got to get him. And the police ask her, do you know who did this? And in the body cam footage, you see her like sitting on the couch and she's like, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know who he is, but he was in the house. 
I'm like, didn't he just ask you, do you know who did this? And she's like, yeah. But then she changed. But I don't know who he is, but he was in the house. And so the police are like, okay, well, we're going to check the house to see if the intruder is still in here. So they search the house. They don't find anyone. They don't see any signs of forced entry. So they ask her, you know, can you describe this, this man to us? And she said, well, he was a white male. He was wearing blue jeans, a blue hoodie, and he had a mask. Um, and at one point, he pulled his mask down, and I saw his face, and I got scared that if he noticed that I saw his face, he would kill me. So I looked away. Policeman that arrived, he took pictures of her, took pictures of the home, decided to secure the crime scene. And then, of course, they take her in for questioning as she's the only witness. She didn't have any injuries or anything like that? She no. wasn't? Okay. And so they take her to Waxahachie, being okay. the closest town. Mm-hmm. They take her there, and they um, swab her hands for gunshot residue. Right, because... Yep. Usually it's the mm-hmm. hot enough. And so they they sit down and they start asking her what happened. And she's like, well, I think I heard two gunshots. I, I feel like I heard two because I remember hearing one. I remember waking up and hearing one. So I don't know if it was the same or if it was two, but I, I heard it. And I saw a man standing at the end of the bed with a flashlight and a gun. She said, I screamed and he told me to shut up. What I came here to do, I've done. I worked my ass off. I lost my house and my wife. I worked for him, and I want money. I want him to pay for him making me lose my whole life. That sounds pretty specific. Yeah. At first, I thought you were trying to make it, you were alluding to the fact that she was making up the fact that someone was in there. Yeah. But all of that is too specific to be made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. she goes. So maybe she was aware of who he was, but she didn't know him personally. Maybe so. Okay. Yeah. So um, in their closet, in from their bedroom, there was a safe. So she takes him to the safe and she opens it. And she said, I opened open the lockbox with the closet light and I gave him all the money in there. And I don't know exactly how much it is. Oh, so he time, knew there was a safe in there? Well, he knew she, that he had money. He apparently had said something to her along the lines of, he told me he kept cash in the house. I want oh, the cash. Okay. okay. So she went to the lockbox and she got the money out and she said, I don't know exactly how much was in there, but the last time I counted, it was about $18,000. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he, she said, after he got the money, he told me to go sit down on the couch and to count to a hundred. And if I heard, if he heard sirens, he'd come back and kill me. Mm. So I counted to a hundred as fast as I could. And then that, then I called 911. One, two, three, four, five, a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the scene. Okay, so I'm going to explain a little bit about who Sandra and John are. Mm-hmm. So Sandra and John are obviously married. Obviously. Um, Sandra um, had been married before and divorced twice. And she worked with John. They were managers at a meatpacking plant. And she was 13 years older than him. So at the time of this incident, she is 55 and he is 42. I mean, you know, get yours, lady. Get it, get it. Why not? So two years after they met, they ended up getting married. On New Year's in Vegas. So this day that this shooting has happened, they're celebrating their 18-year wedding anniversary. So they've been together for a long time. And he became a stepfather to her two kids. And her older child, I believe, I think the older one, um, was a girl. And she was not fond of John at first. She didn't like the fact to have a stepdad. She didn't want part of that at all. That's pretty common. But in 2014, which was four years prior to this happening, Sandra is diagnosed with MS. And she's really sick. And her daughter saw how much John cared for her and how he made sure she had her meds. And he just was there for her. And she's like, you know, this is a good guy. Like, he really loves my mom. So I'm going to come around. So she kind of came around more. 
Sandra fell into a really deep depression. The drugs she had to take to function, Mm -hmm. she just, she had a really hard time. So she told John, I think I'm going to take all my pills and just die in my sleep because I don't want to be a burden to you. Like, I'm already older than you. And then, like, I don't want you to spend the last of your years taking care of me. So I'm just going to do that. And he told her, if you do that, then I'm going to have to do it because I can't live without you. Well, and that's that's not her decision to make. If he's... Evidently, he doesn't mind doing it. He loves her. They're married. And when you're married to somebody, that's what you do. Yeah. You have to do yeah. what you have to do. So it's not fair of her to make that decision on his behalf. Sure. Yeah. So after she was diagnosed and, you know, had her ups and downs, he kind of, John kind of took over as the sole breadwinner and the caretaker. And in 2016 is when they moved to Maypearl. They lived somewhere else before that. Also in Texas or you don't know? I don't know. Okay. And um, they moved to Maypearl in 2016. His family already lived here, and his mom bought the house across the street from them. And, like, in the documentary, it's really cool. Like, you see that they have a pool in the backyard, and, like, they are just having so much fun. And um, John's sister talks about, in the documentary, talks about how, like, they had pool parties, and, like, they'd run back and forth from the houses, because they were literally across the street, and they're, like, the only houses for miles. So, they had, like, their own little, like, commune almost, you know, right? So. Everyone knew that John loved his job, and he was a really tough boss, and he had no problem firing you. He was like Donald Trump. You're fired. That's it. No bullshit. Like, it's a business. It's, you have to be that way if you want to survive, right? So they knew that he would eventually make enemies as his life went on because he just didn't care. He's like, I do my job. I do it well. I also, like, am no nonsense. So but, I mean, gonna... I'm sure he didn't fire people that didn't deserve it. I'm exactly. sure if you were a good hard worker, then you got to keep your job. So... If you got fired, you probably deserved it. Absolutely. And being pissed at the boss that fired you doesn't make any doesn't make it go away. No, not at all. Be a better employee. Yeah, do better people. Yeah, do your fucking job. Um, he was described as a wild and crazy guy. Um, he was on antidepressants. A wild and crazy guy. <laughs> um, he was on antidepressants and he did drink heavily when he was out. But you know, I mean, like, look at us when we go on vacation. Like, people may say, oh, they drink a lot, but not every day. Just when we like to go out, you know. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever. Um, and he was very blunt. Every vacation day. So that's John and, and Sandra. So, of course, they had no kids together. I mean, they love each other. Mm-hmm. Like everybody says, they were a great couple, very loving. He doted on her. No problems. So after, she, after Sandra's taken to the police station, and she's questioned, she's released home. So she goes home where everything happened and... Of course, his family is across the street, so they come over and they're like, what's happening? Yeah, but he was killed in there. I don't know if I could stay there. Family and friends, like, can't believe what happened, right? Sandra had two kids. She had a son and a daughter. And so um, her son, Wes, shows up to the sheriff's office looking for his mom. He's like, hey, I heard my mom was brought down here. I just want to know, like, what's going on. So they kind of tell him, they go to his apartment and tell him what happened. And so he goes in. He's like, I want to know how my mom's doing, what's going on. Oh, shit. While he's there, he's like, y'all know my mom did this, right? Y'all looking at her for this because she's probably the one that did it. Well, shit. Yeah. So they go to the house and they search the house. They search. There was a detached garage that had Sandra's car in it. Uh, She had a red Mustang. And there was a truck outside. That was parked outside. So they searched the house. So the truck was probably his. Probably, yeah. They searched the cars. They searched the house, the garage, outside, inside, everything. They take um, Sandra's, Sandra and John's iPhones and iPads, and in Sandra's iPad, there's a search history on how to kill someone in their sleep. Oh, my God. I 
Come on, Sandra. I had your back. 16 ways to kill someone without getting caught. Like, these are just things that were searched on an iPad that when they were asked whose it was, they just said that it belonged to Sandra and John. Like, it wasn't just Sandra's. It wasn't just John's. It was just an iPad that There's was this the thing in your browser history called Clear Cash and Cookies. I mean, it doesn't get rid of it permanently because cops can still... Yeah. It's still on there. But you so, go to a freaking library and you search that. You don't search that on your own shit. No. Being good old Texas boy, John... He loved his guns. Would you like to care to guess how many guns he had in his house? Let's see. I'm going to say 28. He had 49 oh, pistols. Oh, shit. I wasn't even close. And 12 rifles. 60. So everywhere you were in the house, there was a gun. And Sandra said he did that because he never wanted to be surprised. If he was on the couch watching TV, he wanted to have a pistol near him. Mm-hmm. He was in the kitchen making dinner, he wanted to have a pistol near him. He wanted to have one anywhere, laundry room, anywhere. Except for one weapon was missing, a thirty-eight, which is also what he was shot with. So he was shot with his own gun. So whoever came in to shoot him... Forgot a weapon? Didn't bring their own weapon. <laughs> this happens a lot. That's like, true. Excuse me, people out there that commit crimes... Bring your own could, shit. Don't you, use the kitchen knives in the fucking kitchen. Don't could, use their own gun. Could you make a list next your time? Own shit. You need to make a list. Like, okay. If, because serial killers make lists, right? Like, they, yeah, they're like, very meticulous. Duct tape, check. Rope, check. Fake All mustache. <laughs> Khaki pants. Got it. All of it. Cookies. So when they do further investigation of this 38 pistol that's missing, they realize that Sandra, it's Sandra's pistol that's missing. So it's not just any gun that's missing. This gun is Sandra's gun. Okay. So three days later, three days, on January the 5th, they decide to go back and do another sweep of the house. They're like, they did, a gun, they did a gunpowder residue test mm-hmm. on her and mm-hmm. it came back negative. Well, I didn't, I didn't give you the results. Oh. You assume that. I did assume that. I will tell you what the results are in a little bit. Well, you should tell it when you bring that shit up. Because then my brain just writes okay. the rest of the story. So I don't was, you, I'm not asking you to jump ahead. I'm I'll, not trying, I'll, I will I'm jump not ahead. trying to like rearrange your you, story for you. For you, I will tell you, it was not negative. We don't know how much residue was on it. So If there's any, you're fucked. Because no, not necessarily. If she's doing CPR on him, and she puts her hand where the bullet wounds are, she's going to have some on her. Is she? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. That can transfer? Yeah. I thought you had to actually shoot the gun for the powder to be on your hands. But he, if you touch the wound, you're going to have gunpowder residue on you because you just touched where the bullet is, which is where the gunpowder is. Okay. So, okay. So on January the 5th, they go and do a sweep of the house. And when they go into well, if the... There was guns, if there was gunpowder residue on her at the first, then why did it take them so long to actually think it was her? Why did the son have to come forward? Could you let me tell you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's so rude. Y'all come get her. Do something with her. So they decided to do another sweep of the house. Okay. This is three days later, right? Three days later. Okay. So when they go back and they go into the detached garage, Sandra's Mustang is locked. Okay. And so they're like, well, we need the keys. So Sandra's eating dinner across the street at her in-law's house. So they go over there and as she's eating, they tell her, we need the keys to your Mustang. And she's like, no, fuck off. You can't have my keys. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you need to be cooperative. She's like, I can't believe you're in here looking at me for this murder. Here you come in here coming after me after I just watched my husband get shot. 
if you want to come in here when I'm eating dinner and tell me to go unlock my car so you can go find something or thank you find something in my car. There's something in there. And they're like, listen, we don't need your permission to get in there. We're just trying to be nice. We're trying not to tear up your car. Exactly. We're trying not to break a window. So she's like, fine, fine, fine. So she lets them in. And once they get inside, they find a black plastic bag underneath the driver's seat filled with wet towels and her gun, a thirty-eight pistol. Which the, is hers. The towels were wet with blood. She did water. She, just water. That's wet towels. Well, now the gun looks all rusted because it's been wrapped in wet towels. So they wipe it. There's no DNA, no fingerprint. Yeah, but they could still do there. that shot test to see if the bullets that they found in him match the bullet, the, mm-hmm. the markings on the bullet. But we don't know who fired it. There's no DNA. Yeah, but if it's the gun that shot him and she's got it, why the hell does she have the gun that he got killed with? We already knew it was her gun. Right. Right. But the killer didn't bring his gun with him, so of course it's her gun. So the killer hid the gun in wet towels in her car? Uh-huh. I'm trying to swipe my non-swipey screen. <laughs> Dumbasses. Where, why wasn't it there three days ago? They hmm. searched that car. They searched the garage. Good question. There was no Because she thought they weren't coming back. She had it hidden somewhere else, maybe in the washer. It's in the washer. She was washing a load of towels and she threw it in there. That's a very good point. She hid it in there while they were there. Smart. That she was washing one. towels. She threw them in there. And then after they left, she's like, fuck, I got to get these out of here. So she just took the whole thing and stuck it in a bag and put it in her car. So the whole family across the street comes out, right? And they see this happen. And everyone's like. And this is his family. Yeah. They're like, we hate her. She did it. Like, she obviously had to do it. Because why would her. Why would the gun that killed my brother and my son and, you know, my uncle. Be in her car. I gotta admit, I would be suspicious too. And why would a killer leave the house, go into a detached garage? Because this was my thing: is that I was thinking, okay, well, let's say it was in the garage, and they had to run through the garage to get out, and they just wanted to toss it in the car. I could see that if like the window was down, it was convenient. But this is a detached garage, and the and the car was locked. Well, the, the second day, the second time it was locked. Before it was not locked. So family's upset, and so Sandra is obviously arrested and taken down mm-hmm. from the station, and she speaks to a Texas Ranger, and they ask her about the gun. And when you when you watch the interrogation, she is, like, adamant. She's like, I don't know how the freaking gun got there. Is my bun going crazy? Mm-hmm. Are you watching my yeah, bun? Yeah, it's fine. It's telling a really good story. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask her about the gun, and she's like, "There, I've never put the gun in my car. I've, I've never, I don't have... My handgun license, like, to take it out of the house, like, to go places with it. So I would never put it in my car. That makes no sense. Um, so while they're talking to her, they go check it, and the gun is a match. That it, Of that, course it that is. It, that, that's what it was. We so, knew it would be. So they arrested her for murder. And John's family's like, yay. They put her bond at $2 million. Okay. And they say, like, you're obviously not going to get out. Mm-hmm. So while she's in jail, they go talk to her son, Wes. And you know what he tells them? He tells them that before he knew that they found the gun under the seat, they had asked him if he knew anything about the crime or she if his mom had said anything. And he tells them she keeps her pistol under the front seat of her car. You should check the Mustang in the front seat of her car. That's why he they, that's why they wanted to look at That's the why car. they were so adamant about checking her car. So he knew where the weapon was. Why does he know? How does he know anything about anything? He's about involved. It? He's got to be, right? That's yeah. what I was thinking. They're going to split the money. What money? Was it about money? The 18 grand that was stolen. The amount of whatever, they don't know how much was in there. They don't know how much was in there. It was just gone. Sandra, he took care of her. 
Sandra's attorney. I'm already pissed. All right, I'm done. Oh, no, no, fuck this story. She's throw herself on the floor. Shit. So Sandra's attorney, his name is Tom Pappas. He gets ready for trial, right, because she's being charged. So September of 2019, so a year and a half later, almost a year and seven months later, her trial starts in Waxahachie. And she's been in jail this whole time, obviously. Yes, because she can't afford bail, and nobody's going to bail her out. Nobody's going to bail her out. And she looks like an old grandma when you look at the picture in the video because she dyes her hair all the time, but when she's in jail, she can't. So she's, like, Mm -hmm. white-headed. So she looks like an old lady. So I'm like, well, this is going to make her look like a saint. Like, she looks like someone's grandma. It's going to be hard for them to look at her and be like, oh, she's a cold-blooded killer, you know? They felt confident that... That's the facts, though. They felt confident that, yeah, they can show the weapon was hers. They have no proof and no motive. Like, what's her motive? Like, he, she needed him. She needed him to take care of her financially. It's true. It's going to be hard to prove. Emotionally, right? And so killing her, like, what, what does she get out of it, Right. So the only thing they really have is that the weapon was hers and the, the search history. That's yes. really all they have, right? So Chief Boyd... And the search history may not stick because the iPad was shared amongst other people. Right. So she can easily say, well, he was trying to kill me, so I killed him first. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we did the live feed and what we've talked about many times before about like shoddy police work. So Chief Boyd Norton was the policeman that was sent to the scene the night of the crime. Okay, and does he work for the city of Maypearl? Correct. Okay, so they do have their own police department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he had, he, he's like, in all the years, I've never been in this type of situation. So you would think as an experienced cop, he'd be like, whoa, I'm out of my element. I need let me let up. me call Waxahachie, who's had to deal with this before, I'm sure, being a much bigger town. Mm-hmm. No, he just kind of like winged it. Being an experience. He jacked with the scene. He, I mean, this is a total cluster. He he admits, even in the interview, he's like, I've fucked up. Like, Oh, at least he owns he's it. Like, I, I mean, you got to respect him for that. At least he I didn't try to lie or cover yeah. it up. Yeah. So he didn't secure the crime scene. Like, he let people all walk all through. He didn't secure the crime scene. He didn't even put the tape outside correctly. So whenever other people got there, they couldn't figure out which house to go to or, like, where the house was because it wasn't taped off right. Usually, when something like that happens, as soon as they arrive on scene, they take the person of interest, or could be, and go put them in the vehicle, right? They let her to roam around the house free. That's probably when she got rid of the gun. And they Probably right under their nose. They didn't bag her hands. So if she went and washed her hands, or if she went and did whatever, that gunshot residue would be gone. Usually, they bag them so that that stuff doesn't go away. But they didn't arrive for 15 minutes. So she had plenty of time to hide the gun, wash her hands, change and even clothes. When they got she there, it sounds like even when they got there, she could have done what yeah, she wanted. If absolutely. they were if they were in the bedroom where he was, she was probably able to do whatever the hell yeah. she wanted. And so they there was gunshot residue on her, but it was minimal. It was minimal enough to say that it was transfer chest compressions and where it was found was consistent with when she was doing CPR. So it's not impossible that it could have been that. Okay. Um, like she could have, she could have shot him, washed her hands, or wiped her hands or with maybe the residue, worn gloves when she then, shot him, and then did chest compressions, and that's why the minimal was on her. Um, he failed to preserve the crime scene when the EMTs were coming in and out. Instead of going to his car and getting a camera or waiting for CSI to get there to take pictures, he used his personal phone to take pictures of Sandra, John, and the crime scene. 
Then his phone crashed two days later, and he lost all the pictures of the crime scene. That girl is lucky. When CSI got there to take pictures, it was eight hours after the murder had happened, and, like, a circus had gone through there. Of course. So the pictures that they took were eight hours post-incident. And there was probably probably tracks everywhere, blood everywhere. And whenever they got the warrant to... Or when they decided to go back and search that Mustang, usually they don't search it on site. They seize it, they take it, and they mm-hmm. fingerprint it. So they never fingerprinted the Mustang. They never fingerprinted anything in that garage. They just went into the car, got the gun, and was like, look what we found. Do you think she knew? I don't you, know. I think that's a situation where she just got lucky. I mean, clearly it didn't help her. She's already... Well, I, mean, I but again, the outcome, like, but what's still. her motive? Like, what, how does it benefit her? I don't know yet. It's going to come out though, right? So her attorney was like, I'm upset that they never put Wes as a suspect. Like, he went behind his mom's back to... That's pretty shitty. Like, to... Was he doing it to get the heat off him? Did he do it? Did he go in there? And maybe she didn't recognize him because of all the turmoil happening. But then I feel like it's your son. You should know who your son is. You should know his voice. You should know who it is. But then again, like, you're awoken in the middle of the night and like... This guy's yelling at you, you know, like, could it have been her son? You know, I don't know, right? So The only way that would work is if they were in on it. There's no way you can tell me that her son could come in there and she would not recognize him. Yeah. So A mother knows. Yeah. Even the feeling. Like, someone yeah, I love you and know, know can, like, walk in a room and I'm like, mm, you just sense that's them. one of my sisters. I'm not yeah. sure which one, but it's one of them, right? Yeah. You can just tell. Wes had thrown shade at her story and her disloyalty and was like, you know, she never really loved him. And, like, she was just, he was just completely making her seem like this awful person. And the other thing is that the night of the murder, he had been at their house that evening. Wes had access to the devices just like they did that was searched on. And the other thing is that Sandra took her meds early and she was in bed early. And neighbors had even said, and even his family attested, and, like, their... um like activity on Facebook and stuff like that, all agreed that they were usually in bed by 9.30. Wow. And these searches were done at midnight. Did the daughter live with them too? She lives by her. She lives away. On her own. Okay. So who did searches at midnight? Maybe they woke up and did it. Who knows? Right? But someone did searches at midnight. When they asked Wes, where were you the night of the murder? He's like, oh, I was at home Netflix and chilling, drinking some Bud Light, watching Netflix, hanging out. They're like, oh, okay. So they go and look at his phone records. These motherfuckers don't know the difference in time zones. So when they initially looked at his phone records, they're like, he has an alibi. It wasn't him. Well, then whenever they go back and look at him again, they're like, oh, this is Eastern time, not Central time. So we don't ha- we don't know where he was during those hours. Was he in Texas at the time? Yeah. And they live in Texas? Yeah. So... Why is Eastern Time even being brought up? It should all be central. I, I don't get it. Whenever they printed the report, the time zone they printed it in was in the wrong time zone. So when they looked at it, it looked like he was at home Netflixing oh during the murder. This but is some Barney Five shit. Seriously. It's wrong time bullet. zone, right? Oh, my God. So Sandra takes this I've stand. looked at my phone records, but it's never asked me if I want to print it in a different time zone. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, Sandra takes the stand, and she gives her testimony. She feels like, if I don't give mm-hmm. what happened, then, you know. So, the ju- jury deliberates. 
So she told does she tell the same exact story that mm-hmm. she told the cops? Mm-hmm. So she hasn't faltered. Mm-hmm. She's telling the same story. She's got it down to a T. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you asked me how long they do I think they deliberated? What do you think their verdict was? I think they're probably gonna say she was guilty. Not guilty. What? So she gets sent home. Well, I mean, honestly, I was probably clearly I was wrong. They don't have a lot of evidence. She had the gun. That's it. And she never Did admitted she have the gun. The gun, the gun was, was in her car, but and that's where she. The gun kept wasn't it. driving her car. But that's where she kept it. That's what she the son said. But that's not what she said. What did she say? That she never kept her gun in her car. Oh, okay. That she didn't have a CHL. There's no reason for her to keep it in the car. She'd be in trouble if she kept it in the car. So she's released. His family not talk to her. Of course not. not. Associate with but her. they still live across the street from each other, and she's still able to live in the home where he was shot. Well, she's still able to live there, but the, his family ended up moving out. They couldn't stand yeah, being be the across the street from her anymore. Wes has been exiled from her family. Like, nobody talks to him because of what he did. But you know who he does talk to? John's family. He's very close to them. Well, because he is wanting him to buy the story that she did mm-hmm. so that he can still... So now there's no justice for John. No one is going to go down for his murder because... That's it? That's it? That's how it ends? That's how it ends. You're fucking kidding me. No. So and both so, of them are scot-free. They yeah. never tried to do anything with Wes. He was never questioned. He was questioned. Did they check his hands for gunpowder residue? No. Not at the time. Oh, my God. Come on, Texas. Get your shit together. Can you believe it? When I was, so in the 48 hour episode, they interview her. She's like, I have to be in that house because it's the closest thing to him. And she's like, why would I want to get rid of my husband who is going to take care of me the rest of my days? Why would I get rid of him? What reason could I possibly? So you think Wes did it? I don't know. Because I feel like if it was him, as much as she loved her husband and hates him for doing that, why wouldn't she give up her son? Why not? Yeah. She's already exiled. That's why I think she did it because she's not... But what is she going to get out of it? I don't know. If we she don't... wanted that 18 grand, she could have taken it out and used it. You think that? I mean, I don't know. Things aren't always what they seem. Their marriage might not have been as great as everybody says it is. I mean, we don't know what happened behind the closed doors. Maybe he did get tired of taking care of her. Maybe he was for it. Maybe that's why he drank so much. It's just so weird. It is very it's weird. so weird. So does the daughter, did she ever talk about what she thinks happened? Does anybody ever interview she her? She thinks has something to do with it. Because she's in the interview. I think they're both involved. I think, I don't know how or why. I don't understand the motive besides money, but and I mean, it, it seems I like there's, if if they're not both involved, why is she protecting him? Even though it's her son. Like I. The only other theory that I possibly could, could agree with is maybe, because maybe Wes wanted the money. And so maybe she's like, okay, you come to the house. We'll pretend like you're robbing. And you can use my gun and pretend like you're going to shoot us. And you can take the money in the safe and leave. We'll claim it on insurance. You can get out of any debt you have. And we can just claim it on our insurance, right? And I think he, maybe there was a struggle or something. And Wes shot him. And she couldn't tell the police what happened because then she'd be in for it. Yeah. So it's better to make. To That's stress. what I mean when I say they're both, they had to be involved. She has to be involved somehow. But I think she was just doing it to help her son. I don't think he was supposed to be hurt. I don't feel it wasn't like his a premeditated death. Yeah, I don't think death. I don't think he was that's why I think she, it was her gun. And I think she was like just leave and get rid of it. And I bet he maybe he threw it somewhere. Maybe he threw it in like a lake or something. And a couple of days later was like, "Oh god, what if they find it?" and went and got it and just hid it in her car and like, "Oh, they've already searched here. They're not going to come back." 
So we'll just put it in her car. It's in the garage. Nobody will see it. We'll just put it here and she'll figure out what to do with it. But I feel something tells me that whatever scheme was going on, I don't feel like he was supposed to die or get injured. I think the gun mm-hmm. was supposed to just to scare him. And I think, because I do believe that $18,000 is gone, obviously. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to have it. And it hasn't, it, did it come up in trial? I mean, just that the money was missing. Not that, because she showed them where the money was gone from. So someone took the money. It went somewhere. And it could have been way more than that, right? That's just. Yeah, that's just how much it was last time she counted. I think together they made this plot. And I don't understand the Google searches. Maybe John did it, trying to get rid of her. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And they got in a fight. And maybe Wes showed up and they were fighting. And he was trying to protect his mom. And they don't want that side of John. They don't want the public or even John's family to see that. But then why would you, I don't know. It's weird. It's such a weird story. And so how did you hear about it? 48 hours? It was requested. Nice. It's a good one. I, it's, it not a one, good one. it's not one that I had heard of or knew about. When I first started watching it, I was like, ooh, it's, it's different, right? Like, it's usually it's the it's always the husband that did it. So when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, badass. Like, maybe, maybe he deserved it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this is like... He's like such a great guy, right? I mean, of course, we don't always know. If He's the just... daughter came around, he wasn't that bad of a guy because yeah. mother and son have a special bond, but mother and daughter have an even more special bond. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the daughter can come around, then he wasn't such a bad guy. Especially after With her being so sick and yeah, everything. An awful diagnosis. That, that takes a lot. I mean, you know, that's, that's a debilitating mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be in bed for days and not yeah. even be able to move. No. And then you have days so, where you feel great and yeah. you stick to those days as much mm-hmm. as long as you can. Yeah. So I mean, I just don't I'm always I've always you know, I've always been big on motive. Like what is what are they gonna get out of it? Her losing him, she doesn't really get much out of that. I mean, even if it was a toxic relationship. I mean, she'd been married twice before and divorced, so she knew what to do if she was in a toxic relationship. Yeah. Granted, she's older and she's got MS, so it's gonna be harder to find somebody to take care of her, but him being out of the picture permanently means no one's there to take care mm-hmm. of her. So and her what kids is, were grown and not even living exactly, at home. So yeah. she would have been all alone. Right. And so what like what benefit does she have to kill someone or to kill her husband? I just don't there's always a motive. Like what yeah. pushes you to make this decision? And I just don't feel like there's any motive. Money is the only for her just to help her son, I guess, like you said. It, I mean, that's a pretty good theory that he needed the money, so she they Stay she sure told him just act like you're going to break in. I mean, he would have had to have a mask or something on because they would have seen. And maybe she, maybe that is what he was wearing. Maybe she was hoping like, okay, well, if he leaves and somebody says, oh, I saw somebody in that gear or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he was at the house that night before everything happened. So it's not a long shot that that could be. And then his so phone wonder- records don't show him to be at home when he said he was home. And I wonder if John's family has still believes Wes or like what kind of person was he like what did he do did he have a job he did have a job I know that they said that he was going through a little bit of a financial crisis but not like oh my god I'm gonna lose I mean he, he had a job lived in an apartment he had a car I mean he, he it's not like he was out on the streets and had nowhere to live and was like begging for money mm-hmm. and if you have, a, if you have if, number one if you have a place to put your head at night then you're better than probably a third of this world anyway. Absolutely. So you're not in such dire straits that you need to steal from someone if you could at least have a place to live. Yeah. 
So I don't think his financial situation was as bad as most people would be where they would need to steal or commit a crime to get money. Well, it could have been something like maybe he owed somebody that was going to hurt him if he didn't pay. Like he could have been had other vices or, um, you know, who knows? A lot of things. I mean, I feel like there is something that they're covering up, something that happened that they're not releasing for whatever reason. What the son told the policeman is too specific to say, oh, she keeps her pistol under the front seat of her Mustang. You know, like, that's so specific mm-hmm. that they were just there and it wasn't there and now it's there. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, the, the other thing is that Wes had made a comment to someone in the family. I don't know who, but in the documentary it says that he had made a comment to someone that he thought he was in John's will. And when John passed away, he didn't get any money. There, maybe, that's it. Maybe Between the money was, that was in the safe... Mm-hmm. And, and whatever he, life insurance John had or whatever money he thought was coming to him. So it was about money. And I think that's why maybe he turned on his mom a couple of days later when he found out he wasn't in the will. That it makes sense. It wasn't worth it for him at that point. So, yeah, that's the story of John Garner. Damn. It's a bunch of bull. It's bullshit. It's uh, poor John. It's so sad. And he's a handsome I mean, guy, and, too. And I feel bad for the wife, too. But, like, she let it happen. Rest in peace, John. John Garner. John Garner, rest in peace. And, and we're sorry for your loss, John's family and Sandra, but I, I think somehow she was involved, whether she helped cover it up or facilitated mm-hmm. it or asked her son to do it because she couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's BS. Yeah. Because there's no justice for him now. We like to see justice. Somebody, he didn't just get a bullet in his chest. For no reason. Like, it, somebody did it. And somebody knows who did it. And even they ask her, they ask Sandra Garner in the 48 hours, they say, so you've been tried and you've been found not guilty. So even if, like O.J. Simpson, even if we were to ask you right now, you can't be charged again. Did you kill your husband? She's like, absolutely not. He was my caretaker. He was the love of my life. It took me three times, three marriages to find him. And he was my third luck charm. Why would I get rid of him? I love him. It makes me feel like whatever plan she had devised with her son mm-hmm. was not meant to result in the death of her husband. Yeah. And I think she waited until he left to call 911. I agree. I think she knew it would be a while before they got there because of where she lived. They really did get lucky on the lack of effort and procedure on the police yeah, department part. because if they had had their shit together it might have been a different outcome i mean even I mean, they both were probably would still be in jail i'm sure i feel like i feel they like got that's... the other one as an accomplice somehow mm-hmm. whether you're covering up or even if you weren't draw draw even if you weren't directly involved you're involved in some capacity even if if you're covering for him All right, that's a wrap. So that's a wrap. All right. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.